0: Story of the Vanishing Patient by Elia Wilkinson PD. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Story of the Vanishing Patient there had always been strange stories about the house but it was a sensible comfortable sort of a neighbourhood and people took pains to say to one another that there was nothing in these tales of course not absolutely nothing how could there be it was a matter of common remark however that considering the amount of money the nethertons had spent on the place it was curious they lived there so little they were nearly always away up north in the summer and down south in the winter and over to paris or london now and then and when they did come home it was only to entertain a number of guests from the city the place was either plunged in gloom or gaiety the old gardener who kept house by himself in the cottage at the back of the yard had things much his own way by far the greater part of the time dr block and his wife lived next door to the nethertons and he and his wife who were so absurd as to be very happy in each other's company had the benefit of the beautiful yard they walked there mornings when the leaves were silvered with dew and evenings they sat beside the lily-pond and listened for the whippoorwill the doctor's wife moved her room over to that side of the house which commanded a view of the yard and thus made the honeysuckles and laurel and clematis and all the masses of tossing greenery her own sitting there day after day with her sewing she speculated about the mystery which hung impalpably yet undeniably over the house it happened one night when she and her husband had gone to their room and were congratulating themselves on the fact that he had no very sick patients and was likely to enjoy a good night's rest that a ring came at the door if it's anyone wanting you to leave home warned his wife you must tell them you are all worn out you've been disturbed every night this week and it's too much the young physician went downstairs at the door stood a man whom he had never seen before my wife is lying very ill next door said the stranger so ill that i fear she will not live till morning will you please come to her at once next door cried the physician i didn't know the nethertons were home please hasten begged the man i must go back to her follow as quickly as you can the doctor went back upstairs to complete his toilet how absurd protested his wife when she heard the story there is no one at the nethertons i sit where i can see the front door and no one can enter without my knowing it and i have been sewing by the window all day if there were any in the house the gardener would have the porch lantern lighted it is some plot some one has designs on you you must not go but he went as he left the room his wife placed a revolver in his pocket the great porch of the mansion was dark but the physician made out that the door was open and he entered a feeble light came from the bronze lamp at the turn of the stairs and by it he found his way his feet sinking noiselessly in the rich carpets at the head of the stairs the man met him the doctor thought himself a tall man but the stranger topped him by half a head he motioned the physician to follow him and the two went down the hall to the front room the place was flushed with a rose-coloured glow from several lamps on a silken couch in the midst of pillows lay a woman dying with consumption she was like a lily white shapely graceful with feeble yet charming movements she looked at the doctor appealingly then seeing in his eyes the involuntary verdict that her hour was at hand she turned toward her companion with a glance of anguish dr block asked a few questions the man answered them the woman remaining silent the physician administered something stimulating and then wrote a prescription which he placed on the mantel-shelf the drug store is closed to-night he said and i fear the druggist has gone home you can have the prescription filled the first thing in the morning and i will be over before breakfast after that there was no reason why he should not have gone home yet oddly enough he preferred to stay nor was it professional anxiety that prompted this delay he longed to watch those mysterious persons who almost oblivious of his presence were speaking their mortal farewells in their glances which were impassioned and of unutterable sadness he sat as if fascinated he watched the glitter of rings on the woman's long white hands he noted the waving of light hair about her temples he observed the details of her gown of soft white silk which fell about her in voluminous folds now and then the man gave her of the stimulant which the doctor had provided sometimes he bathed her face with water once he paced the floor for a moment till a motion of her hand quieted him after a time feeling that it would be more sensible and considerate of him to leave the doctor made his way home his wife was awake impatient to hear of his experiences she listened to his tale in silence and when he had finished she turned her face to the wall and made no comment you seem to be ill my dear he said you have a chill you are shivering i have no chill she replied sharply but i-well you may leave the light burning the next morning before breakfast the doctor crossed the dewy sward to the netherton house the front door was locked and no one answered to his repeated ringings the old gardener chanced to be cutting the grass near at hand and he came running up what you ringing that doorbell for doctor said he The folks ain't come home yet. There ain't nobody there. Yes, there is, Jim. I was called here last night. A man came for me to attend his wife. They must both have fallen asleep that the bell is not answered. I wouldn't be surprised to find her dead, as a matter of fact. She was a desperately sick woman. Perhaps she is dead and something has happened to him. You have the key to the door, Jim. Let me in. But the old man was shaking in every limb and refused to do as he was bid don't you never go in there doctor whispered he with chattering teeth don't you go for to tend no one you just come tell me when you sent for that way no i ain't goin in doctor nohow it ain't part of my duties to go in that's been stipulated by mr netherton it's my business to look after the garden argument was useless dr block took the bunch of keys from the old man's pocket and himself unlocked the front door and entered he mounted the steps and made his way to the upper room there was no evidence of occupancy the place was silent and so far as living creature went vacant the dust lay over everything it covered the delicate damask of the sofa where he had seen the dying woman it rested on the pillows the place smelled musty and evil as if it had not been used for a long time the lamps of the room held not a drop of oil but on the mantel-shelf was the prescription which the doctor had written the night before he read it, folded it, and put it in his pocket. As he locked the outside door, the old gardener came running to him. "'Don't you never go up there again, will you?' he pleaded. "'Not unless you see all the Nethertons home, and I come for you myself. "'You won't, Doctor?' "'No,' said the Doctor. When he told his wife, she kissed him and said, "'Next time, when I tell you to stay at home, you must stay.'" End of story of the vanishing patient by elia wilkinson peaty this librivox recording is in the public domain